I'm Melissa Currents. And I'm Amy Yersted. And we welcome you to the 12th episode of the What Would Alice Paul Do podcast. This podcast is about demystifying what it means to be a volunteer with the League of Women Voters today. In this episode, we're going to interview two new activists on how they discovered the League of Women Voters to learn about and engage their community. So Amy, do you have any New Year's resolutions? I do. <laughs> one is league-like, I think, and one is not. So one f- for my, just my personal, I need to start doing mm-hmm. push-ups again. <laughs> we have that old, old picture from several years ago, and yeah. I had like beefcake arms, and it was awesome. And I don't have beefcake arms anymore, so I think I'm going to start doing push-ups again. <laughs> Your arms were pretty amazing. They were massive. very sculpted. I know. So I got I to gotta get back on that wagon because I fell off hard. So for my activist resolution, one, I'm going to read more books about diversity, equity, and inclusion and mm. how my activist work can help broaden my scope and make me a better American. Um, and I think I'm also, I also want to learn more about fundraising. I now, I think after doing our podcast episodes and listening to Kim on um, those first few podcasts mm-hmm. and realizing that it takes money to do the work that we do. So as much as I love to do activist work and I love to do voter education, um, I recognize that in order to do both of those arms in the league, I have to be a good fundraiser. So I'm going to get some books and I, if I can find some trainings, um, I'm going to do that. And so that's my my New Year's resolution is to become a better funds developer. 2018 is um, going to be pretty amazing if you can um, accomplish those. Especially the your, arms. Yeah. Oh, what, yeah. Are, what are your New Year's resolutions? So um, so my activist resolution is I, I want to learn more about how to run for office. Ooh. I think a lot of, you know, we've talked about it on our episodes before, but you know, running for office is really a great way to make change, mm-hmm. and not enough women are running. And I don't know if I'm going to run, but I want to know more about it so I can encourage others to run as well. Oh, that's a I, that's a really great goal. And there's like they're actually nonprofits devoted to that, and um and books. I actually have one sitting right now on my nightstand, so I'll have to share that with you later. But um, yeah, I think that's a fantastic goal. We need more women running so that they can represent us and all of the things that you know women experience. For our Deeds Not Words segment, here is our interview with two new members who both joined the League of Women Voters over the past year. So I'm here today with two guests. Uh, These are my new friends. We've been friends almost about a year uh, since the Women's March. They joined the League of Women Voters um, after the Trump bump and after we all met in D.C. uh, for that historic day. And so I've invited them to come onto the podcast today to talk about their experience in the league, talk about being, you know, what it's like to be an activist and to be part of a, a legacy organization that's also going through a transformational change. So, ladies, if you'd like to go ahead and introduce yourselves and let everyone know who you are. I am Andrianne Constas Salvet, and I am a new member of the League of Women Voters. I, I've always been involved in politics to some degree or into the government just because of living in the D.C. area and um, we're in, by growing up in the D.C. area you kind of inherently become a wonk. <laughs> but apart from that, I didn't really do anything to actively engage in my community until um, the 2016 election and I joined the league. I also joined my community um, 
Neighborhood Association and um, was able to become vice president of that. Wow, um, nice. By the motivation of um, the league. <laughs> Very cool. I'm Allison Simons, and um, I also joined the league um, earlier this year, beginning of the year. I guess I met Amy at a sip and civility that she mm-hmm. um, had, and that's how I got to know uh, about the league. I did never heard about the league before that, actually. Um, so prior to um, last November, um, yeah, I... My history in politics probably just more general, you know, interest in um, the issues of the day, but much more um, the broader picture, you know, federal level, I guess, and international issues and things like. Also, my issue that I'm interested in or passionate in is environmental issues, so things to do with climate change, all that. My only main local local level involvement was I was uh, on the PTA. And so uh, then I got to learn a little bit about county government through that, being active with the school and then just by default becoming interested in the school system and things like that. So that was probably my introduction to local level politics, but I didn't even know who my state senator or delegate <laughs> <Yeah>. was, <laughs> which is terrible and shameful. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so, um, but you know, immediately after the election, I think after the whole analysis and everything, I think that was the call, right? That we were not civically engaged at the local level enough um, in our communities. And so I just thought, okay, I'll just have to do whatever's necessary to get myself up to speed. And so I was just going to every meetups that I could find, and the league was one of them that I ended up in. And I just loved the league's, your motto, your main goal of making democracy work. And I just felt that really resonated with the times and what we needed to get back to was the basics. Is that what, what, what drew you to the league? Why of all the organizations? Yeah, it was that and that um, I also appreciated that it was part of, it was nonpartisan. Mm-hmm. So I felt like I was, you know, jumping in on all these Facebook pages or indivisible groups and all, all like, and it was just pulling me to one side. And I, what I appreciate about the league is that when I go into a meeting, um, everyone ha- has their own point of view and mm-hmm. their own you know, uh, understanding of what has happened and they are free to speak about it. And, mm-hmm. and I didn't feel that in any other context, right. um, that like we could speak about a, a subject. I think the first subject that we covered was, um, were the pipelines or uh, fracking in Virginia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And a lot of the women were like, why are we even discussing this up here in Northern Virginia? It doesn't, you know, it has no, you know, like we're not going to see a big pipeline in our backyards, mm-hmm. but it does affect the, you know, the southwest of Virginia. And um, it was a really good way to um, be exposed to people that were for it in some, not adamantly like, yes, <laughs> go, go mm-hmm. ahead and drilling, um, but saw it as an economic benefit. And also that there were people that are like, no, this is hazardous to our climate. It's unnecessary we shouldn't be endorsing it or so it was good to hear so many voices and so many sides without it turning it devolving into you know this pettiness that I think 
has kind of manifested where we uh, we attack people and then um, because we um, are not agreeing on a, a, a topic with them that that somehow makes them morally wrong mm -hmm. or that somehow makes them deplorable right, right? it's like right. Um, yeah. yeah, so I felt like the league does a really good job of, these are all women, uh, men too, are, you know, that um, just want to, you know, question, get some facts, and also express themselves without being torn down, and I think they do a good job of that. Well, I think it's part. a reflection <clears throat> of the discipline of the, of the league, because mm -hmm. they have That's such a, a clear... Idea of what the organization is about, and it's built upon, you know, very clear parameters. And I yeah. think, and a lot of the leaguers who've been there for a long time, they, I think, I think their training. I, I don't know how to mm -hmm. put it, but um, to be fact-based and non-partisan mm -hmm. is is just so solid that um, it yeah. it's um, they're not reactionary to 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 the kind of Mm -hmm. um, the noises, right? The um, that are coming through, and they're like, okay, what is the what is the facts of this that we need to kind of go which way, mm -hmm. and and um, mm -hmm. and so it, it really cuts through all the kind of the drama aspect of yeah. whatever is coming down, <laughs> right? Yeah, and get down to like, okay, what do we need to know about this situation that is true and real for us to make a decision, mm -hmm. you know, and as citizens, on on this. You guys are making me fall more in love with the league. <laughs> I didn't even know that that was possible. <laughs> I love it. I love that. Um, I thought I was preaching to the choir. <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes though, because I've been in the league a long time, and so it's good to hear like what a new person coming into the league, like what is your feelings of right. it, um, and if you know, just to see like you coming into the circle and you see that it's a place where we can all different backgrounds can come and together and talk and not feel like it's about to turn into a drama fest and mm -hmm. and you feel comfortable uh talking about what your opinion is and what your experience is that's i mean that's why i'm in love with league and so to hear that that's what you are seeing and feeling mm -hmm. and experiencing um makes me even more proud of this organization so mm -hmm. that's a wonderful thing um so i guess i would want to know also is uh Oftentimes you're in these units because you're in the Fairfax League. So, and the Fairfax League is broken up into smaller units, oftentimes like discussion units about particular topics, or maybe a unit wants to work on something specific. What is it like to be a brand new young league member coming into those um, already established unit leagues? Like, did you feel easy to just jump in and get work done, or what was that like? For me, I felt it was uh, it was really uh, welcoming. I, I'll say the first thing. I, I'm in a group where I'm probably the <laughs> I'm. There is definitely a couple generations of a, a gap. So I'm in you know my 30s, and most of the women are um, in their late 60s to 70s. We had one. You know, we had actually two uh, unit members that celebrated 50 years in the league. Mm -hmm. So uh, that um, that difference is, um, it, you definitely sense it that there's this big gap. But it's great because I walked into the first meeting with my son, who was only three months old at the time, and they were like, they automatically were like his grandmas. And, yeah. you know, it's nice because, you know, my son... Is kind of like the little mascot of the group when I bring him along and 
it's cute because it also opened up a dialogue of like, oh, well, when I joined, we had play, like we had a play area and the kids would go into one room and then we'd all do our discussion and it kind of um, uh, worked as a good way of uh, helping me like uh, adapt to them. This unit league really was like, oh, you know, like um, very welcoming of that. They're like, oh yeah, you're here to find facts. You're here to, you know, get some information. You know, um, we've all been there, like, you know, taking a break um, from a professional career to raise a family, you know, we've all been through that. So it was kind of nice to find that. Yeah. <laughs> and the, to see that there's like a, a little light at the end of the road. <laughs> like <laughs> My experience in the league has been the exact, just like that. Um, because I've been, uh, when I first had my first kid, it was in Portland, Oregon, and I was on the board for the Portland League. And it was, it was the very same. They actually had like a little impromptu um, baby shower um, and so it was like all these Dr. Seuss books and it was, yeah. you know, I was the only mom in the group. Um, and so sometimes it would be a little uncomfortable. I'd have to nurse, mm-hmm. you know, the baby right in our board meeting. And as a, you know, as a mom who I'm trying to engage in business, mm-hmm. uh, it felt a little <laughs> uncomfortable, but the, you know, they're women, you know, like yeah. we're women and you know, whether you've had children or not had children, you get that, you know, we all got responsibilities and, yeah. um, you know, we got to got to do our do our thing and yeah. uh there's no hating on this so yeah we're all here to come to the table to learn more to engage our community um so that you know we don't have bad public policies that yeah. you know hurt our democracy so no i'm glad i'm i'm glad that the my league sisters are we're still a welcoming group and we love babies so yeah <laughs> and puppies so because my yeah. my co-host melissa she's got the puppy so she's our mascot maggie oh so cute. all right so allison what about you yeah. um yeah you know, i i think at the beginning i was going to i went to orientation and i think i remember mm-hmm. seeing you there yeah. i remember the baby now that you and then i think i quickly kind of um made connection with uh you know some of the the fairfax league board uh, members and um identified an area that i was sort of um, gonna help on which was this uh, high school voter registration and so um and this year has just been uniquely strange for virginia with uh, all the election that we had so uh, unfortunately, I haven't really been to a lot of the meetings. I went to a few um, and uh, I got distracted, but I've been working sort of like in the background. So yeah. <laughs> like from home, um, I'm helping with the website and editing it and some of the social media. Um, and I've uh, been uh, videoing some of the candidate forums that we've had and editing it and putting it on YouTube for them and things. So. Um, where I've been able to be useful, I've I've done that, and I've been to quite a few of their um, events where there's like a learning series or some kind of a, mm-hmm. well, we had an annual uh, meeting back in April maybe I think, and then, and there were some speakers and things. So those mm-hmm. opportunities have been really good. Like I've learned so much from going to these mm-hmm. um, events. I think there was also a what do you call it, the capital area. Um, a meeting the the DC oh yeah Virginia. national capital area right. that's right yep. so they had a um, I think it was an annual meeting or something and they had a, a professor come speak about you know I think he's a constitutional law professor and he um, did really interesting um, talk about um, 
the electoral college. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. So um, these have been great opportunities for me to learn yeah. more. Um, so the league has really provided that for me in, in, in that sense. Um, they've been very welcoming. Um, I don't, you know, I, I think I've just not... I don't think I've been as, as uh, good with going to the meetings as, as you, you have, but um, I've been going to these more like events though. Yeah. Or things that, um, and then doing things in the background more. Yeah. So how did you guys get captured though? Like what was it that made like, I mean, was it a social media post or like how did you initially, very first thing, learn about the league? Was it, was it a flyer? Like Set what possibility? Okay, so and I, I'm the one that does that, and that's all Facebook. So yeah, you, yeah. so somehow we. It got was probably connected. because I was on some Facebook with uh, one of the grassroots group, yeah. and they had posted your thing yeah. on there. Found just through the grapevine, and I was like, oh, that looks like a really good topic. Yeah. You know, I think um, that was like election reflections or something or something. It was like December. Yep, then it was probably election reflections. I had two because after the Trump bump, I needed yeah, to... Yeah. Some of us so, just needed to come together yeah. and find out what the hell's going on. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are we going to do? And how are we going to, like, get us brace ourselves? Because yeah. there's yeah. no sticking mm-hmm. your head in the sand during this time. Right. I had gone to my neighborhood meeting. One of the board members on the uh, neighborhood meeting, uh, she was really sweet. She's like, I can't make it. You know, I have a bad knee, so I can't make it to the march. <laughs> But um, I'm sending my daughter, and you should come uh, and go with the League of Women Voters, and you should come to our meeting here in uh, in um, Annandale, where we have our our group meeting. And I was like, sure, okay. <laughs> so that it was kind of like that. But I feel like I I knew what the League of Women Voters was from. Uh, civics class. We had civics class in Fairfax County, so I grew up in Fairfax County. And um, at that time, the league does come and do registration. Mm. So if you're like if you're allowed to, yeah. and like a part of also our civics class, which I think I, which I've learned from joining the league, um, was something that was like pushed, you know, like um, a heavy, like the league had influence in putting this on. You had to do hours of um, like you had to work for uh, a Republican candidate and a, a Democratic candidate either passing out flyers or like just reminding people to go vote yeah. and stuff like that and uh and uh you got like you had to do two hours of like for both parties and um that was a part of your credit you know like so if you didn't do it you you know like essentially that assignment you failed or whatever um but that the league was involved with um getting you out to do like either voter registration and since Virginia has an election every year, um, it was really easy, yeah. <laughs> easy to get those hours in because there was, there's always a, yeah. a you know, something, some, somebody's always running. Yeah. <laughs> so, so something, you can, yeah. Um, you can get your hours in pretty quickly for, um, for that. And that's kind of why I always knew of them, but I mean, I just never thought, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, to like, to join, to join your, or that uh, that it was needed until... <laughs> yeah, right? It's, it always felt like everything was so chill. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, yeah. democracy was functioning just fine without, you know, a lot of participation. Yeah. And now it's... Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. Uh, so, well, cool. Okay. Um, so I guess I'd like to know... Uh, so the League of Voters, we are almost 100 years old. So in 2020, 
we celebrate 100 years of women getting the right to vote. Uh, so we'll, I think technically the league will be 100. But women have the right to vote 100 years, 2020. So, um, and so we're going through a transformational change because we have a lot of external and internal pressures. Uh, you know, there's, you know, as we all know, our democracy is under assault right now between voting rights, money and politics, um, gerrymandered districts, um, you know, the Federal Elections Commission isn't doing their jobs. There's a, there's a lot going on. So, so we have to, as an organization, we have to be as effective as possible, which means that there's some, some adjustments that we have to make. Um, and not to mention, a big thing is that volunteerism has changed. So uh, we are all sitting here as a privileged group because we can sit on a podcast in the middle of the day, um, but not everybody can do this. Most people actually cannot do this. Uh, and so, we, you know, as an organization, we have to recognize, like, this is, this is not normal that people sit around um, and do league work at 10 o'clock in the morning. Most people are trying to fit in democracy, um, activism, you know, at 11 o'clock at night or, you know, 15 minutes here, 15 minutes there. And so the league has to adjust so that we can help um, them be effective in their communities um, and in the state. And so what I would like to know from you, since you've um, been in the league now for almost a year and we've had President Trump as a president for almost, uh, for actually a year, um, you know, what do you see as the, the strengths for the League of Women Voters as we go through this transformational change. The League has the strength of having been around for almost 100 years in that um, there's something there, right? Um, you're not, it's been around for 100 years, so uh, you can't, it's not like a transformational change that you're um, referring to. Like right now, the country is at its most partisan at its most uh i guess political would be yeah. the it's heated divisive it's, yeah divisive. divisive it's at its most divisive so it's good to have these institutions or these organizations that have been through these times of divisiveness um like the league was there through the civil rights movement the league was there through environmental movement. That was a yeah as well. through the through um, feminist revolution yeah. of the sixties. So it has gone through these points in our history where right now we might think that we're at the worst, but I'm sure that there are other people in the league. <laughs> I'm sure there are people in the league that remember it, feeling the same way that we're feeling it right now, like being like this is so critical right now, like yeah. what we're about to do and um, where we are in our history as a nation and, and so forth. So I think um, you can't dismiss all of that history and all that experience. Um, what it does need to do is listen. And I think the league does a really good job of in the unit meetings and when people are actively getting together, like voter registration, they do a good job of listening to what people have to say then and there and presenting them with the facts. Right now, with social media, with everything, I feel like everyone's always throwing out statements, is talking, is talking, is talking, and there needs to be an organization that is picking up on what everyone is saying and helping to kind of... Condense it away. Condense it and to kind of... Be like, okay, I'm listening to you. Um, let's stop and think about what, what we've said, or you know, kind of. I think the league needs to 
to to be that voice of um, just calm. Yeah, <laughs> it's almost like it's it almost it's like, it kind of sounds like you're saying like we need to be active listeners for one, and I think mm-hmm. league members know a lot about what active listening is, but then also. Mm-hmm. We need to like use what's online with like fact checker. So we, I mean, try and incorporate what our communities are saying, what they're feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we are that vehicle for doing that. We provide that platform with everyone can come and and just kind of like ask those questions and feel in a safe space. Mm-hmm. And then also a lot of there's a lot of propaganda out there now. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have these campaign machines. You have the dark money happening. Um, People are saying things that aren't true. So it's the league, I think, is the place where we can kind of come together and say, does that really seem right? Is that really what's happening out there? Or is this something that somebody's feeding to me? Mm-hmm. Um, and just trying to get a reaction out of our community. And so I, I, I think you're right. I think that that's a good, a good place for the league is to be that center for active listening, fact-finding, mm-hmm. um, kind of getting the temperature of what each community wants and believes being such a um, established and uh, old organization that's been around a long time, they've seen the, the history of how things have been, and so there's a lot of institutional knowledge in there, uh, in the organization, and I, I, I also feel that they are so good at um, understanding the system that exists, like the, the government, the different levels, and knowing how to engage that that and and, and um, that system right, mm-hmm. um, so they're really good that the the baseline knowledge of fact finding uh, the mm-hmm. discipline in that is is solid, but as you mentioned that in today's uh, age the times that we live in people don't have a lot of time for civic engagement. If part of the league's work is to increase civic engagement. We're talk, going back to appealing to people's mm-hmm. emotions, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, um, then we need to look at how people are consuming information today. And uh, I mean, like, yeah. this is great. The information in there is great. You know, the, the, uh, the so, sorry. Yeah, we're referring to the Fairfax yeah. Voter, which is um, our, our league. Like releases like a it's monthly, newsletter yeah, a thing, monthly right? newsletter, and but it's dense, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. people don't have time to kind of like sit and 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 read these things yeah. in in fine mm-hmm. detail, and so we have to think of new ways of reaching mm-hmm. people uh, because ultimately, you know, it's like somebody made a re- uh, used a really good phrase the other day that I thought that was kind of fun, like spitting in the wind, like. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Um, so you're throwing, putting your stuff out there. You're doing all this great work, but if it's not activating people, it's not getting right. to where it mm-hmm. needs to go. Then, the, is it any use, right? Or is it any? Because um, the end purpose is to get people to be more engaged. Go vote. Go um, go talk to their legislators and whatever. Yeah. So I think that's, so, that is the challenge. Right. This is the, the, we just said that the league's part of our part of our role that we play effectively mm-hmm. is yeah. that we are a table for active listening, and we take in that information, and then now we we disseminate it. Yeah. Um, and so right sitting in front of me right now is the Fairfax voter. It's a seven page paper guide that the these volunteers put out every single month via yeah. mm-hmm. paper you know they might mail this as well mm-hmm. as email this and um mm-hmm. maybe yeah. i think they use constant contact and yeah. so 
It's a lot to read. I mean, yeah. I mm-hmm. I don't get a chance to even read the Washington Post, right. you know, every, exactly. but a couple times right. a, a, a week. Right. Um, my local newspaper puts something out probably once a week, and I may or may be able to like. Yeah, browse so this that. is competing with a whole bunch of yep. other things that we want to read. Actually, I have two windows open on my computer now for more than a week that articles that I've yeah. been wanting to read, and it's like I can't close it yet because I still haven't read, read it. it. Yeah. yeah, but um. And so it's competing with other information yeah. too. And so like I've thought of some other create, uh, creative ways that you could maybe break the information here into little, uh, you know, bite-sized chunks. Right. And, but distribute it in ways that people can consume quickly. Like mm-hmm. I'm not saying go to tweet it, but um, let's say you're using a Facebook page, right. you know. What about if you break this uh, newsletter yeah. up into portions mm-hmm. and put them up as posts separately right, right. <laughs> and spread it out so it's much more manageable. But in the end, they end up reading everything, yeah. right? So yeah. um, so it's just looking at uh, and seeing how people consume information. And videos yeah. are much uh, more used today. Mm-hmm. Uh, having gone through this election and I... Um, see uh, that we, there's a real gap in, in voter education mm-hmm. that we mm-hmm. need to close. And I was thinking about like, oh, making some kind of video instruction. You know, they mm-hmm. have all these video explainers now They're using yeah. sort of like yeah. graphics and cartoons and things mm-hmm. like arrows pointing and things like yeah. that. It's like, what if we did something like that? You know, yeah, or something. Yeah. The end result is that you'll get... You just want people to become better educated, vote, you know, voters, right? So yeah. it's just thinking of new ways of reaching people, yeah. I think, right? Yeah, it's definitely that. And yeah, like you said, everything is on our phones, you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. everything we do is on our phone. So it has to be compatible to our phone. Like, and um, like you were saying with like a, a Twitter uh, a story or whatever, um, like there's like a, a, a viral one going around about a guy who's a cartoonist but he has he's saying that he has a ghost in his apartment and I've been like actively following it not because I necessarily believe that there's a ghost but that he does a good job of saying like these little like sending out these tweets and partitioning it out so effectively like if you look at it like uh, no that sounds awesome it's called dear david if you go to the hashtag dear david on twitter you'll Uh you'll find out about it but um, he's done a really good job of like every couple of weeks. It's not oh, it's not aggressive right. yeah. right now. Right. And for his story, that works. You know, for, maybe yeah. for the league, it would be like a weekly thing mm-hmm. where we're like, oh, did you know that like this meeting happened yeah. at our state legislator, and it was because of this issue. Yeah, yeah. And um, let me let me go gather the facts, and I'll I'll post again. You yeah. know, and and they're like, oh, I got these facts, and like. And then people can, you know, retweet right. it and comment on it, and you can engage right. people like right. that. It's so like an active story. Right. Like, it, kind mm-hmm. of what you're saying is like right. a, you're actively playing mm-hmm. out a story, and you've invited mm-hmm. the audience to mm-hmm. follow yeah. and even yeah. participate. Or, maybe or even, let's say, just, turn mm-hmm. one of the topic in mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. into a video. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you can even say it and talk yeah. on the live Facebook feed or whatever mm-hmm. it is. But there's so many formats and things that we could do with that, yeah, you know, yeah. and uh, to make it much more 
to reach people better yeah. and they don't feel like they have to spend an hour doing this thing I can like yeah. okay do five minutes here but at the end you'll consume all of it isn't that better than not reading any of this we need to you know we need to ask new people who haven't yeah. done this before I've never yeah. Yeah. done a podcast and then Melissa contacted me one day and said hey Amy, let's do a podcast yeah. and I'd be like just Sometimes you just have to swallow yeah. your fear mm -hmm. and just do the leap. And yeah. uh, now there's so much stuff on YouTube. Yeah. So even editing the podcast is like, yeah. I'm just watching YouTube video by YouTube video and then yeah. asking somebody else to maybe help give some extra pointers. Um, and so maybe that's kind of what we have to do. Is at, we're like becoming lifelong. So we're already joined the league to be lifelong learners about politics. Mm -hmm. But I think also the league is now, ha because of the external and internal pressures mm -hmm. in our organization, we're having to be kind become lifelong learners in technology mm -hmm. and marketing right. and communications yeah, right. um, because it takes you can't do a movement by yourself right. and you mm -hmm. cannot be effective when it comes to to fixing or helping our democracy We're not by yourself <laughs> yeah. yeah you have to have an army of people mm -hmm. um, who are willing to jump in and plug their nose and learn some new skills so that they can better communicate and recruit uh, new activists to do the job. Your podcast uh, really did inspire me to go and pursue like learning how to do sound editing so that I could have a podcast for my unit so that everyone can has a chance to at least listen to what's in the Fairfax voter. So I've been, you know, trying to get this podcast going and I'm just still learning how to, you know, speak <laughs> into yeah. a microphone and like my voice mm -hmm. enough to like not stop cringing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have you in my speaker, <laughs> my headset right now, and you sound fabulous. Don't even worry about it. That is how I'm staying active in my league because I've promised to do it, to do this to my unit to have to release a podcast. Mm -hmm. And um, actually, it's something for all. Like when I mentioned it to the women that oh well there is this podcast and they first of all was like okay how do I download a podcast how do I get this yeah. podcast mm -hmm. what is a podcast so I spent one meeting explaining that to them and then the next time I was like let's do this let's um let's pursue it I'll pursue it I'll learn what I need to learn mm -hmm. um to help do a podcast and that was one of like the like joys in seeing like these women they're like I would love to be able to tell my kid that I'm on a podcast. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> or tell my grandkids yeah, that so I'm exciting. on a podcast. And I was like, yeah, you know, like we should be doing that and we yeah. should make it intergenerational. Yeah, like, absolutely. So, um, and so, I mean, yeah, to be honest, the league has so many wonderful stories yeah. that aren't being told. Like yeah, yeah, when you yeah. imagine that there's almost 800 leagues and then that doesn't even count these little units within a league. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we're talking, I mean, yeah. who yeah. knows, thousands of leagues, like little groups of people meeting together all mm -hmm. over the country. They're working on awesome stuff. They're having these great conversations and, mm -hmm. and not much of it's actually being captured right. for the greater wider world. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, that's a travesty. Well, and so it's going to yeah. take people like us who want yeah. to really engage and communicate that mm -hmm. message and that story because if people don't know that we exist and that we're doing these great things, how are they going to know to jump on our bandwagon? Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, these days with the technology, just with the, I, yeah. the iPhone, mm -hmm. I videoed those candidate yeah. forums yeah. on my phone. Yeah. It's so I just bought, mm -hmm. um, you know, the, the Tri kind of tripod oh, thing yeah. mm -hmm. and I just 
video there and then I download I edited it on iMovies and then I put it on YouTube and actually I learned to do that myself this year yeah you know I mean and I watched it and, on Facebook. And, <laughs> I mean the picture's not that great and I'm actually thinking of getting like a microphone so the sounds yeah. better mm-hmm. I hear the Apple store sells all kinds of goodies for yeah. this, so don't so worry I'm gonna attach it to my yeah um so and then the thing is uh we with this technology in our pockets we can essentially turn ourselves into mini journalists yeah anything i mean mm. you go to events mm-hmm. you go to any talk any kind of like somebody's um you know a, a, a kind of a learning series thing you go to a march a rally or something you can just whip out your phone and mm. video right there yep. you can talk into it this is happening right now i'm hearing this i'm mm. seeing this and those things can be really impactful yeah. and you can easily put that out on social media. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's good it's, too, I think, because those people who can't be there because they have yeah. other commitments, right. um, mm-hmm. they can sit there and be part of this. They right. can, you know, or they can watch and, you know, like, I can't be there right now, but I can definitely give money to your cause or I can right. definitely write that signature or I'm going to make sure that I send a reminder to myself to make that call to my mm-hmm. senator right. because I saw that group of people so committed yeah. um, out there yesterday. So I think right. that telling the story is going to help activate other people because now they know that there's a story being told and they want to be part of it. Uh, One last question Mm -hmm. and we'll wrap it up. So I was recently at a a panel that I was invited to and I I loved how the panel, we all gave a hard ask to uh, the audience. And so you guys are new activists now and there's got to be some passion, something you're really passionate about. And um, so I guess I want to hear what that one passion is and what your ask is to anybody who has a few minutes or a few dollars or whatever. Um, what is it that you care about that you would love to have somebody do something, something quick? We had a couple episodes ago. My hard ask is uh, Senate Bill 1880. I am very passionate about this. And like I said, we already talked about this on a couple podcasts ago, uh, episodes ago. But that's the one where it's We the People Democracy Reform oh, yeah. Act. And that's it's a 350-page bill. Mm-hmm. It's fabulous. And there's still so many people, senators and mm-hmm. on the House side, um, who have not co-sponsored this bill. And oh, it pisses me off more mm-hmm. than anything because it has mm-hmm. everything to do with disclosure. You know, th- yep. that way we know mm-hmm. what that super PAC money is. Yeah. And even ending super PAC would be fabulous. It has automatic voter registration, has same-day voter registration. It fixes our uh, gerrymandered maps so we can have fair maps. Uh, I mean, there's so many good things in this bill, and it's actually a compilation of a bunch of small bills all put into one. And Mm. I just keep thinking, like, if that's like the perfect package. I know. That's why I'm so angry. (laughs) Like, why? Why Why? for this? Yes, why have my senators in Virginia? Yes, I'm talking to you, Senator Warner and Senator Mm -hmm. Kane. Why have you guys not signed this bill? It's. I mean, I want you to. I want you to co-sponsor it, and then I want you to urge others to co-sponsor. So my hard Mm. ask is to all my friends I need your help I need you to make those phone calls I need you to make those office visits I need you to go to those town halls need you to do some postcard writing and encourage them your US senators and your house members so the house is gonna have a different number uh, but if you look at we the people democracy reform act I'm sure you'll find it and so ask them please co-sponsor this and if they have co-sponsored thank you here's a cookie now I want you to go and urge other people to go and co-sponsor that bill so, what about you ladies? Now I've got you primed. Oh, you don't have to put a bill, but what's what's no. your passion? You want people to, you know, it could be anything, yeah. educate themselves. I, I mean, if I if I want to consider this whole last year, which I wouldn't ask anybody to do what I've been doing, which is insane. <laughs> <laughs> a serious deep dive. Yeah. Um, yeah, this past year has been, you know, intense, but I, I wouldn't ask anyone to do what I did. At the very least, I 
would like to ask people to to try to go to a town hall or to some kind of like school board meeting thing or like um, Fairfax County, they have these advisory councils on many different subjects. And often they have volunteer right, to even yeah. serve and on one. Like one is coming up for Environmental Quality Advisory Council in January is a public hearing. I think it's only once a year. I'm not sure. But, mm-hmm. you know, there's other councils right on other subjects even if you don't get involved you do learn a lot from going to just listen it really gives you a much better handle on how your local government sort of work and how it affects your life how it affects your community i don't know it, it really opened up my eyes this year i mean i i did it a lot you know but so i went to all the town halls the delegates and senators were doing during the legislative session you know every now and then pick something that you know uh, to to just go to because it's it opened up my eyes Mm. and it's really given me uh it's really empowered me yeah now i feel much more confident about like if i had to this as an issue and like who to go to and yeah if you do it this way they'll listen to you or yeah. You didn't have that before. No. Yeah. And I have to say that going to a yeah. meeting, um, a city or county meeting, is a hell of a lot easier than getting We the People Democracy Reform Act passed. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I love my ask. Um, yours is, I, I can do and, that and in a, a week. <laughs> and, and a candidate forum, I've got to plug the League's Candidate yes, Forum. Yes, I love them. It was kind of a little sad, like one of the forums that I videoed wasn't that well attended. Yeah. And... Mm-hmm. The thing is, listening to them talk about their work as legislators, you know, because they'll answer yeah. questions, but in the answers, they'll t- say, well, you know, this is what things are like yeah, be in the General Assembly, mm-hmm. and this is why things are hard. Mm-hmm. This is why we can't just pass these bills, because yeah. the, the, the subcommittees, yeah. whatever it is. It, and it really gives you like, oh, wow, it, it is really hard. It's not like you just have a great idea you waltz in and you're going to get your bills passed right. and there are all these sort of things in you know the process of yeah. how it, it works you're dealing with other legislators all and, and all these things yeah. and so it gives me greater empathy for my representatives and legislators mm-hmm. and then you end up becoming partners with them then you kind of like okay let's work together how can i help you right to to you know do i need to rally more people to call or to, yes, what, what is do. it you know mm-hmm. always instead, <laughs> instead of like just going when there's a problem and yelling at them yeah and saying i want this i don't care how you do it how you get it done for me do it without any real understanding of how your local government works um and then it doesn't really do anything it's not very um, productive Mm -hmm. you know um this way i've now i feel much more kind of like oh you know it's not easy you know and then Mm -hmm. you do feel much greater compassion and empathy right. for your legislators. Yeah, I, I totally you know? agree with that. And they're human beings, yeah. right? I mean, how can you take that all the time? And, you know, and, and people don't take time to understand anything and they only turn up mm-hmm. when there's a problem in there that affects them directly. And yeah. then they just go and yell. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. And then I also, I guess I'd add to the candidate forums because the league does put on fabulous candidate forums that are mm-hmm. so thoughtful and yes. mm-hmm. it takes a lot of work to put on the candidate forum. I don't know if you've ever like seen the behind the scenes stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I have. 
So I would also say, um, anybody listening, ask your local league leaders to get trained in put it, being a, becoming a moderator, because mm-hmm. that is a super cool gig right there. Um, you get to hold the gavel, and you know you've got all the power at the moment. It's wonderful. But there's other there's also other things that you could do. You could help gather the questions. You could help screen the questions. You could, mm-hmm. you know, be a greeter. You could be the person that's behind the scenes trying to coordinate all these, um, you know, candidates and trying to get letters sent off and press involved. So there's so much work to do. So that's, you know, these are all volunteers. So this, I think, I think mentioning the candidate form is a good point to say that those actually do take work by our volunteers and we always need help. Lastly, what's your hard hard ask? My hard ask and something that I should do myself more often is uh, instead of arguing on Facebook or Mm. responding, um, next time you see something that like, inflames you and you feel like you need to state your opinion or teach somebody mm-hmm. <laughs> or educate someone online it would be to uh, go and get coffee with them instead or just to make an effort to have conversations in person one-on-one um, and hopefully that would help the discourse online yeah i that's, <laughs> that's a it. really that's a really good ask yeah that's it's something i think from. we don't yeah i think uh, you don't have that screen to hide behind and and oftentimes you know we all think there were fabulous writers but mm-hmm. you know there's miscommunications and mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. you might actually not disagree with the other person on the other side mm-hmm. but we just you know in our writing it mm-hmm. was miscommunicated mm-hmm. so it's a good time to meet that neighbor mm-hmm. have a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and um that is a fantastic ask, especially right now in a hyper-polarized, uh, yeah. very emotional time that we're living in. It's good to just take a break and meet the person who yeah. you are having a conflict with. Thank you so much for joining. Um, I think we've learned us. a lot yeah, from you, you guys, <laughs> and uh, I really, really appreciate it. So Thank you. Uh, yeah, thank you. no, thanks. So stay tuned. Until next time, we'll try to get some more friends to come on here and talk about league and other people who are not in the league and talk about activism work so stay tuned and if you have suggestions please feel free to email us at alicepaulpodcast at gmail.com and check us out on our website alicepaulpodcast.com until next time